0: Welcome into the CHGO White Sox post-game show presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to two thousand dollars. Welcome into Studio A here in the CHGO offices in the West Loop of Chicago. We are coming to you after a White Sox win five Yay. to one. They improve to twenty-nine and thirty-one on the year. The Detroit Tigers fall to twenty-four and 27 the White Sox right now sit five and a half games back of the Minnesota Twins who lead the AL Central the Cleveland Guardians are three and a half games back so therefore the White Sox are two and a half games back the White Sox have won two straight and they're six and four in their last ten here to talk about this game I'm Sean Anderson you can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson and alongside me as always is Vinny Duber you can follow him on Twitter at vinnie duber we're now calling him the chgo white sox scribe um he's also the chgo white sox beat writer uh he does a great job at guaranteed rate field and sometimes here when the white sox are on the road and we got herb lawrence in the hello, middle oh sir uh, i cut off your hello That's you want right. more? Come so the herb people cut are- you off I yeah think, more exactly less,
1: yeah i was expecting you just say herb lawrence and Alongside him, I'm sorry about that. It, brother. Yeah, it's
0: just not out of sync there. But uh, at Wall 23 is where you can follow Herb. He is the CHGO White Sox community leader. Sox win five to one. It was a good game, entertaining game. Uh, wasn't necessarily fast. Um, no. but it wasn't. They uh, rarely are too boring. No, they are rarely fast. Uh, but the White Sox were able to score in the second. They were able to score in the fifth. They were able to score in the sixth. Uh, they were able to hit 12 hits today Uh, a very nice performance from the Sox excited to talk about that Dylan Cease's performance as well we'll start before the game though a lot of roster moves were made Liam Hendricks to the injured list Uh, we also had Joe Kelly come up from the injured list so Hendricks and Kelly swap and there also was a swap for Davis Martin and Bennett Souza so the bullpen is looking a little bit different for the White Sox we saw that new look bullpen tonight but Vinny what can we know about Hendricks, at least so far, I think the timetable's three weeks?
2: Yeah, that's the estimate, I think, right now, and, and certainly whenever uh, Rick Hahn, you know, is talking about an injury, and he's had to do it way too often the last few years, but uh, he always makes sure to point out that those are estimates, you know, not not completely exact until they get a little further down the road here and I think that's what they'll wait to do when it comes to Liam Hendricks but three weeks is kind of the initial timetable at least Um, it's not good you don't want to be without your all-star closer for the better part of a month uh, in a six-month season it's it's not what you want Uh, but last two nights without him the White Sox bullpen has gotten the job done Uh, you know obviously protecting leads that were four runs and not necessarily your classic save situations but um, you know, it, it's it's not great for Liam Hendricks. Again, we heard a lot of different things about what that injury was. It sounds like we we landed on flexor strain, even though the uh release that went out today said forearm strain, which is also always a scary combination when you're talking about the potential for Tommy John surgery. That has not been brought up with Liam so far, at least uh from what we've heard from Daryl Vanscowen, who's up in Detroit with the Sun Times. But um, Hendricks is going to be out for a bit and uh, you're going to likely going to see a lot of Joe Kelly and Kendall Graveman when it comes to trying to close out uh, close games.
0: We didn't see uh, Kendall Graveman today obviously he pitched in back-to-back games but we did see Joe Kelly your man's is back and he looked good.
1: Oh looked filthy looked awesome I mean he did look awesome in his White Sox debut this year and then subsequently was struggling but curveball was on uh sinker was great so he looked great and if this is what we're going to be getting when, in uh, Liam's stead, that we're going to have good pitching from Joe Kelly and then Raylo coming in and doing the job. I'll take it and having four run leads going into the ninth. Do that all the time, so we don't <laughs> miss Liam that much. Right. Awesome, yeah, so that's and, better game plan. White Sox have big leads,
0: and people can look at uh reliever extraordinaire Reynaldo Lopez, uh, very uh, versatile opener, middle relief, closer. Uh, he can do it all. I uh, think
1: we talked about this, Sean. Like, I think his best role when the White Sox are trying to make him a starter and it just didn't work out, I think his best role eventually will be a closer and definitely a reliever no matter what. And so this has been a thing for Ronaldo Ronaldo Lopez. I think he has value now. Uh, I didn't think that after the 2000 season. I was like, okay, get rid of this guy. He has real value where he can be a back end of the bullpen guy or like they've used him this year, opener, middle of the relief, long reliever, and then today just to close out the game.
0: And with uh, you know the whole idea of seeing his versatility, we did have Champagne Dan ask in the CHGO Lounge or Members Only Discord. He said, "Are the socks showcasing Ronaldo's lo- uh, versatility for trade purposes?" Uh, I don't know what you think, Vinny. Uh, I think they. Probably need him. He seems like an important piece to the bullpen. I don't think they can
2: afford to trade him at this point. I mean, when we talked about it all during the pregame show today, it's how often has this uh, back end uh, of the bullpen that was envisioned in the preseason been together? And the answer is never. You know, I mean, uh, both Joe Kelly and Aaron Bummer have been on the IL twice. Hendricks is there now. Graveman has been, you know, managed in a way, kind of since he's been here to kind of keep him fresh for for later in the year. And of course, Garrett Crochet hasn't and will not throw a pitch uh, you know this season while he's recovering from Tommy John so that was supposed to be the back five and right now you're only you basically not right now basically the entire season they've been working with kind of two at a time every once in a while they've been blessed to have three but uh, they need all the help uh, that they can get in that bullpen always you see it every single year every single contending team what do they always trade for at the trade deadline bullpen help Nobody's getting rid of bullpen help if you're trying to win the World Series.
0: And it's been great to see Ronaldo Lopez kind of change into this, you know, late inning reliever, this reliever. Uh, you know, obviously we used to see him as a starter, uh, had some great outings, had won like 10-plus strikeout game. I think 15 strikeouts uh, think versus tigers. the Twin uh, or Tigers, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, he's, he's obviously shown his potential before, but now we're seeing it on a more consistent basis. Kind of use him in smaller chunks, only two innings, one inning at a time, and that velocity stays fresh. Uh, and, and he just looks so crisp out there. He threw a great slider on a 1-2 count earlier today. Uh, just missed it low and outside the zone. Um, but he just looks so effective every time he goes out there. Um, and, and so far, so good for Reynaldo Lopez as a a middle reliever, and we kind of talked about the back and forth. You know, Joe Kelly comes up, Liam Hendricks goes down. You mentioned Aaron Bummer on the IL as well, Yasmani Grandal to the IL. But hey, here comes Tim Anderson. He just got two hits in Charlotte. So uh, we we kind of talked a little bit on the pregame, the push and pull of the White Sox injuries. Um, how of how much of a strain do we think this is on the team? The fact that hey, Tim's getting healthy. Here comes Tim. But all right, we just lost our All Star. Closer.
2: Yeah, I mean, it comes down to this. What have we been talking about all year with this White Sox team? It's that why aren't they playing up to their potential? Why don't they look like we expected them to look? A vast majority of that has to do with the fact that they're not playing well. They're not playing up to their potential. But you can't discount the fact that they haven't had the roster that, that anybody expected them to have. They haven't had a healthy team that has been able to then play, to then perform. Um, and so, certainly. People are sick of hearing, "Oh, just wait till they're healthy. Just wait till they're healthy." And as the season has gone on, every time it looks like they're about to get healthy, they don't get healthy for one reason or another. Um, so I understand why people would be frustrated with that. But at the same time, you cannot ignore it as a big contributor to why this team is struggling. The difference last year, when they had all the injuries, they were winning. Guys were the the fill in guys were contributing in big ways. This year. That's not happening, and so they're losing. Now, they've won two games in a row. They're doing what we said they should do when this Tigers series started, which is get some wins against some teams that they can beat, that they are better Mm. than. They are showing that they're better than the Detroit Tigers, (laughs) at least through the first two of this three-game set. So uh, a very uh, positive sign for them as they just get some wins but they cannot get out from under this injury cloud.
0: Right, and at least the wins are coming and hopefully the, you know the more time you get the the healthier this team gets and maybe they can avoid some of the the push and pull on that but Vinny mentioned it, you know, this team's looking like the team we've expected at least in the past two games and uh you know, Steven our producer mentioned that it was really good to see yesterday the team close out Jose Abreu put the stamp on that victory. They were going into the ninth inning uh, winning 7-5, Jose Abreu hits that two-run home run, puts him up 9-5 and today as well Uh, great pitching 14 strikeouts from the pitchers uh, today against the Tigers but
1: those five runs it it felt very impactful from the Sox I don't know about how you felt hurts throat stomping like Lucas asked for after the Oakland series like Tim asked for like once we have them down don't just settle on that just make sure the Tigers know when you leave Detroit hey you guys are not us you're not close to us and then we got like 14 13 more games versus the Tigers Mm -hmm. they have to feel that way like hey Yeah, you guys uh, might have been the contenders for the AL Central before the season, but now we're telling you, you're a fourth, fifth-place team, and we're about to ascend. Now, if they can do that versus the rest of the AL Central, I'll feel really good about that. Um, Yeah, it's good to see the White Sox, and I said a tweet. I was like, the Tigers cures what ails you. It's it's good to see the White Sox both put the offensive together with, what, the 12 hits they had Mm -hmm. and the five runs, and the the pitching was pretty decent. I mean, Dylan wasn't superior, but he was good enough, and the bullpen came in and did their job. So this was a nice, complete victory, despite the one error that Dylan Cease had. But this is what you have to do versus a bum, a bum team like this tomorrow. Don't just be satisfied with two out of three stomp them and get the sweep. And we talked about their inability to
0: win or similarly win to the major league average when scoring five runs or more. Uh, That's back-to-back games where they've scored five runs or more and gotten the victory. So that's good to see. They're able to uh, close out teams here. You mentioned Dylan Cease. Let's talk about that outing for Dylan Cease. Five innings pitched for Cease. Seven hits allowed. One run, not earned, but one run. And uh, Chris Kampka had a stat. He's the first player in the past four games since... Earn runs been uh you know even counted so since 1913 Dylan Cease is the first pitcher in four straight outings to give up zero earned runs uh but a an- a run in every single game so he's given up 10 runs in the past four games none of them have been earned
2: only that's only going back to 1913 though so yes. not back that far yeah, yeah. yeah. i mean it's
0: that uh, you know you, you only 109
2: old, years yeah. old
0: house radborn you never know what he, <laughs> I mean, he did uh, cherry on, picking
1: stats now goodness <laughs> gracious <laughs>
0: that's, that's chris campka's job he's the he's the, he's the supreme uh, cherry picker <laughs> uh but yeah uh cease right there uh five innings pitched one run seven hits allowed one walk 8Ks, no walk issues uh, today, but the seven hits, uh, obviously, you know, as many base runners as strikeouts today. What do we make of
1: the C start? He didn't have his good stuff. He got through it. Um, I don't know. Cease needs to turn himself more into a pitcher. I don't know if he's looking for the strikeout. He's being way too fine with some of these pitches, and the slider is not You know, breaking off as much as it has to, uh, usually. You know, I think uh, at the end of the game, his slider was looking a little bit more crisp, but the beginning of the game, the Tigers were following those off or looking for them and bringing the barrel inside and getting it out there. But, you know, when you don't have your good stuff to still strike out eight guys, only walk one, which is one of his bugaboos, is walks. So he's good. He's fine. Five innings is not good for me as a top of the rotation guy but eventually he'll learn how to use the economy of pitches that he has to get earlier outs in the count. He, I think it went like 3-2 or 2-2 with at least five batters in the Tigers lineup, and it's not a lineup that has a bunch of guys who are going to be battling like that. So he'll find a way to progress from the guy he is right now to an upper elite guy because you can't just go five innings and be a top-of-the-rotation guy, and he's done that for the last couple of outings he's had.
2: Well, I think too that it shows you how expectations can change so very quickly from inning to inning, almost right. And so you got Dylan Cease versus the Tigers, and we were all saying, "Oh, is he going to go nine today?" You know, <laughs> what I, and because he's dominated them so so well throughout his career.
0: I mean, we had Matthew Cortese calling a no hitter,
2: predicting a no hitter, exactly, <laughs> and it and it didn't it, it didn't seem so shocking either the way he's dominated that team. But all of a sudden, the first two innings happen, and then. By the time that his inning or that his outing was over, you're like, all right, not too bad that he was able to go five because of the way that it started off. So, Mm -hmm. obviously, at the end of the day, that's not what you want to see from Dylan Cease, especially against a team that struggles offensively the way Detroit does. But he did kind of enough to get to five innings, to get through five innings the way that that outing started. It took some work from him, and he did it obviously he's going to probably be disappointed and say he should have been able to do do more and do better. As
1: L.P. Tube says, that's a nod to him adjusting, adjusting within the game, Mm -hmm. seeing what the Tigers are trying to do, their game plan, and then adjusting from that. Because what? He had like 30 pitches in that first inning, like 50 out of the second inning, and we're like, oh, he's not going to get to the fourth, not out of the fourth. He got to five. And
0: real quick, sorry, Uh, Jarrett, I, you know, appreciate the comment. Uh, Reynaldo Lopez is a high fastball pitcher, home run threat all day, Uh, no way late option. Uh, Liam Hendricks is one of the best closers uh, in baseball, and that is how he exclusively survives as a pitcher. So I don't know if that's uh, absolutely true. And, of course, uh, here comes... You know our guy Jarrett with the super chat. So uh, I'm like, I don't know if your point's right, and then he comes and drops the super chat. Thanks, Jarrett. <laughs> Appreciate it. When you super Jarrett. chat, you win the argument. I hey, guess, Jarrett, right? Jarrett,
1: you're wrong. Oh, thanks for the money.
0: <laughs> what a jerk! Now I Sean feel is. like a jerk. Oh man! At uh, first I'm hating on Jose Abreu, and wow. then you know here comes Jarrett. We're gonna have to
2: get like him. That, we're gonna have to get him that sign to wear around his body at the. And uh, then some. Didn't Thank somebody you, say Jared that Post.
1: you doubted Michael Kopeck too? Goodness gracious. Okay, well, oh wait. So, that was the... That was, uh, I'm going. I know you're trolling. You. <laughs> it. Uh, it was he
0: threw 91 miles per hour like six times in that first Yankee game. It was ugly. Uh, and appreciate it, Jared. Jared saying good work on the channel, boys. We appreciate you checking us out and uh, leaving the comment and the super chat. Uh, appreciate it, Jared. But going back to the uh, bottom of the first, that first inning for Cease. First battery faces Reyes hits a single, then Castro singles as well. He was able to strike out Willie Castro, but then Austin Meadows walks, and then he was able to get by striking out, swinging, but the bases are loaded, two outs, and uh, here comes uh, a very odd play. This is how Dylan Cease allows his run. He ends up trying to pick off... Uh, it was uh, it was Castro on second base tries to pick up. one of the many Castros yes. that play up there in Detroit. Harold Castro, Harold Castro is on second base and uh, he he attempts the off. Danny Mendix coming from second base and they just miss by an inch uh, picking off Harold Castro at second base and it goes out into the outfield and Reyes scores. It's one nothing Detroit after one. Uh, Cease was able to get out of it after Grossman uh, flied out. But let's go into kind of breaking down uh, the screw up or at Least the misplay there on trying to pick off Harold Castro. Uh, so let's go to first the, the tweet. I want to credit who pointed this out to me. Uh, Trevor Lines, uh, he, he's a writer over at Southside Sox. Um, he said, If you watch McGuire slash Cease, Cease didn't look to second and spins. To pick as soon as McGuire drops his glove. That's a pick play coming from the dugout. Um, so, if you know a little inside baseball here, we can go to the four Literally. sequences. Yes, <laughs> inside baseball. And Trevor's a former uh, baseball player himself, so I trust his uh, knowledge on this one. And it's pretty instantaneous. When you watch the highlight on MLB.com, uh, you see frame one here, and you see Harold Castro kind of near the bottom right, and he's getting his lead. Cease is looking directly at McGuire. He's looking directly at the plate, and then it second frame, you can see Maguire put his glove down. So instead of being up, you know, giving Cease a, a target here, he flashes his glove down. Cease doesn't look towards Harold Castro. He's still looking at Maguire. He's still looking at the batter. And then Cease immediately, once he sees Maguire, you know, that glove go out of the strike zone, go down, uh, he turns, spins, fires. And you can see in frame four, uh, I mean, he barely misses Mendick. And Castro was caught leaning. So, I mean, it was a good play attempt to try to get Cease out of the innings because uh, he was around 30 pitches at that point. So it, yeah. it was a, a miss uh, opportunity there. And I know people are frustrated because it's like, why don't you work on the batter? Why don't you go after the guy at the plate? It's kind of the frustration with the Trey Turner thing on, yeah. you know, intentionally walking guy with one, two count. But I, I liked it there just because Cease was, laboring so much he was having difficulties with his fastball and with his slider early on in this game Uh that moment could have gotten him out of the inning right there in a bla- bases loaded jam situation and you know that that inning ends zero zero. 0
1: as processor results guy here I actually have thought about it and I was like hey you know what they're trying to get him out of that inning I kind of agree with you Sean there that would have been a play where if they throw the ball just a little bit more towards the bag Harold Castro's out. You're out of the inning without any runs scored. Cease feels recovered. He's like, okay, I've done everything right. You don't have the run out there. And then also you don't have the great Chris Kamka uh, stat right there because I think he <laughs> continues the roll and doesn't give up any runs in that game. So, yeah, it's process over results for me. So I don't mind that pickoff play right there, especially if they see something on tape. They execute it, and it was a good job by both the, ben- the bench, McGuire, um, and then Cease was just slightly off. I also think that, you know, if a ball hits your glove that close, you got to catch it. You got to do whatever you need to do to catch the ball. I know it was a little further for, uh, uh, farther for, uh, Danny Minda catch the ball but it's kind of like you have a runner on second base and the balls hit up the middle you do whatever you need to do to keep that ball in the infield and make sure it doesn't go back to the outfield because you know a run's going to score if it does so uh, I like the play just the execution was a little off
0: yeah and we could talk a little bit more about Cease's actual performance but I think Clark brings up a good point and you know it kind of goes into the hurt bullpen and it goes into the stats we brought up yesterday Uh, he says starters haven't been able to go by beyond five and six innings pen usage and personnel needs to be prepared for that. Vince Velasquez isn't going past that uh, in his first start back, and that is the probable starter uh, right now, Vince Velasquez, tomorrow in the matchup between the Tigers. But looking at that, you know, innings pitch for the Sox, their bottom uh, 10 in innings pitch for starters, and their bottom 10 in starter ERA. So Clark makes a good point, and looking at the leaderboard for White Sox pitchers who have gone six-plus innings, Johnny Cueto is the leader for pitcher who has gone six-plus innings. Which is, uh, in which is a games. positive
2: for Johnny Cueto. Yeah. So. But.
0: absolutely. I mean, they can't really keep living like this, though, and it's a boost that at least Lance Lynn's coming back.
2: I mean, it's it's part of the whole story here, right? I mean, you know, the, the starting pitching in terms of the results has been pretty good for the most of the year. Now, of course, maybe with the last few weeks, you know, less so. Um, but, you know, you get Lance Lynn back, like you mentioned, and that's a huge deal. He's obviously not going to not go five innings very often, uh, as he uh, couldn't do last night. Um, that being said, you know, it's, it's all part of the, it's all part of it. And you've, you've got the offense glaringly struggling for the vast majority of the season, but you know, you can't, uh, you, you can't pin it all on them when the record is what it is in the last, however many games where they've scored all these runs. Right. So what is it now? 46 runs in the last six games. Is that what we're at at the moment? Three. Yeah. You gotta, I mean, you should be winning all of those games really. And that they haven't is now showing that, you know, when one thing goes up, the other thing goes down. Now, I think that they have the talent in that starting rotation to be able to get back to being one of the top starting staffs in the American League, like they were last year. Um, but you got to do it. You got to go out there and do it. And certainly, the injuries in the bullpen are a big problem to compound when you've got the starters not going as long as they should, perhaps, and you're basically, you know, throwing darts at the board every night with who you're going to trot out there from the bullpen, not because. Not because it's uh, some sort of uh, really poor managerial job, but because it's all you got. <laughs> right. so you got it. You got to go with what you got, and what you got is not necessarily the ideal situation.
0: Yeah, and I mean the White Sox, you know, they they put so much money into the bullpen this year, and you know some of those guys just haven't been able to play. I mean Joe Kelly just came off the injured list. Uh, Hendricks, who they spent a lot of money on in 2020, on the injured list. Bummer on the injured list. Their long extension. They they tried to lock him up for five years. Um, so I mean just health is such an important thing. Uh, but, you know, they, they really were able to trust in the bullpen tonight, and even the guys that weren't really big names are supposed to be bullpen producers this year uh, stepped up. I'm excited to Second talk about
2: Second night in a row, too. I mean, last night right. was the same way. I mean, they were calling on guys who, had we told you at the beginning of the <laughs> season, in in a four-run game, this is who they're going to be trotting out there. You would have been like, what is going on? But they got the job done, and that's that's really all that matters. Um, there are so many guys who have done that this year. You know, I'm thinking, Matt Matt Foster, you know, even Sousa and Jose Ruiz, you know. uh, Tanner uh, Banks. Tanner Banks Banks. had some moments. These guys have had some moments, and that's why the White Sox feel that they can turn to them. All that being said, you put all those guys' numbers together, they're not the prettiest. Mm -mm. But you – who else are you going to call? Because you can't call the same two guys every day when ha- when the when the other three guys that are supposed to be you're able to be called on are not are not he- healthy.
0: Right, and imagine like a week where you get six innings from the first five starters. If, if Lynn goes six, and then Gialito goes six, and Cease goes six, and Kopech goes six, and Cueto goes six, bullpen's got to get a huge that. break. Yeah. I talked I talked to Aaron Bummer at the beginning of the year because you remember the beginning of the year
2: the story was. Coming off the short spring training, the starters were not able to Mm -hmm. go, you know, not because of performance, but because of workload, they were not able to go and uh, very deep into games. And I asked Aaron Bummer about this because you'll remember the bullpen was just getting worked and worked and worked and they were effective for the most part. Um, And he said something along the lines of, you know, yeah, right now, this is what we got to be doing. But there's going to come a time later in the year where we're going to be begging for innings because the starters are all going six, seven, eight a game. Perhaps that day is coming. And, right. and, you know, once Lance Lynn gets back to being Lance Lynn, maybe that maybe there is going to be a week, like you just mentioned, where nobody goes fewer than six or, or four of the five guys go more than seven or more. And then that can really reset the bullpen, really help you, Herb, like you said earlier, not miss the guys who are on the IL because you don't need them because the starters are doing their job. And, and, if you're,
1: oh. and Yusef, Jimmy Lambert deserves some recognition for what he did today. Yes, Jimmy Lambert looked filthy today. Uh, I, every time he used to come up for those spot starts and a doubleheader, I was like, eh, I guess. Jimmy Lambert, uh, Jonathan Stevers, the same guy. They're going to go back down in the minors. They're not good. He's looked good. This, and especially today, I know it's just the Tigers, but they're on the schedule for a lot of these games. If Jimmy Lambert gives you this type of effort, he could stick in that bullpen, too, for these guys who are aliens. Hey,
2: this counts as fill-in contributions, right? Yes. I mean, I we've, we've focused so much on the position player side of that. Right. It, it counts in the pitching staff, too, and that's what that's what the White Sox are getting. That's how they won games last year, mm-hmm. getting those fill-in contributions from the hitters getting them from the pitchers is just, as, is just as important.
0: Billy Hamilton, Jake Lamb, Brian Goodwin, a.k.a. Jimmy Lambert, Johnny Cueto, and Davis Martin. The three horsemen have returned. Uh, <laughs> the best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you get 2 risk-free bets up to $2,000. But that's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO Locker. That's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free t-shirt from the CHGO locker, all for making more than $50 first-time deposit at PointsBet. If you have any questions, you can email PointsBet at allchgo.com, and we will help you out. And PointsBet is your home for live in-play betting, and it just got even better. Introducing PointsBet's newest feature, the live NBA same-game parlay. For the first time ever, you can build the perfect live NBA same-game parlay only with PointsBet. Tomorrow, you can buy your favorite bets anytime during the NBA Finals game. It will be Game 6, War Warriors looking to close it out and if you're combining your favorite bets anytime during the game you can boost your live same game parlays that means you can watch live parlay live and boost live with points bet online sign up is available in illinois you can download the points bet app right now and register your account from start to finish all from your phone so what are you waiting for once the game starts don't just bet live your bet life at points bet gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 and jimmy lambert's been a game changer matt foster's been a game changer uh Strava CBD coffee has also been a game changer for me. It's helped thousands of people uh, to help improve their overall wellness and quality of life. Strava delivers delicious fresh roasted specialty coffee infused with organic broad spectrum CBD. CBD from hemp doesn't make you high or hungry, but it does offer real benefits that can help you. It can help you feel alert and focused without the jitters. It can help you live your day more balanced with less anxiety and fewer aches and pains. Plus, including CBD in your daily routine can even help you enjoy a more restful sleep so you wake up feeling your best. Best part Strava is all about quality. Everything is small batch, fresh and shipped straight to your door. Strava also offers concentrated full-spectrum CBD tinctures for those looking for a more traditional CBD format with a powerful entourage effects of benefits. CHGO listeners can save 25% off their entire purchase when you use code CHGO25. That's 25% off your entire order at Strava, S-T-R-A-V-A craftcoffee.com strava, strava craftcoffee.com when you use code CHGO25 at checkout. And if you already love Strava, subscribe and save with the Strava Coffee Club. With Strava, you're in control. You can save on your favorite coffees and have them automatically Delivered to your house or office on your preferred schedule. Again, CHGO25, 20% off your entire order at StravaCraftCoffee.com. Discount coupon valid on non subscription purses, only one use per customer. All right, so you mentioned Jimmy Lambert. I was trying to segue Jimmy before Lambert, that.
2: Jimmy the, Lambert, the the CBD coffee of the White Sox bullpen.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> old Jimbo, uh, old reliable. I was going to try to, you know, segue into this, and I wanted to talk about, you know, we talked about uh, Dylan Cease in his last outing, and that was the Trey Turner whole mishap. And the reason why, you know, Dylan Cease was left in that game, Tony La Russa said, was because he just struck out Mookie Betts. And we were kind of in that situation where in the bottom of the fifth, Reyes singled, then Castro singled, then Cease got, Castro to strike out, and we were like, all right, maybe Cease can get out of this. Then Meadows grounded into a fielder's choice, and then Baez lined out. So Cease was able to escape the fifth inning, but we were kind of judging because we did see Lambert warming up in that inning if Tony was going to pull him. Uh, Great on Cease getting out of that inning, and it is the Tigers, so I'm a little bit fine with him going but uh, Jimmy Lambert was fantastic in his relief as you guys mentioned uh, Renata Lopez was fantastic in his relief as well Joe Kelly looked good uh, the bullpen really did step up and had stepped up yesterday as well uh, surprising with just how depleted it's been
1: yeah and I looked at you I was like are you seeing anything like uh, is Dylan like laboring do you see his pitches are they bad and I think you said no no he looks good and that's what I got too I was like let him finish the fifth inning because I felt that he could have he can power through especially knowing that this was his last uh, outing he could just go reach back for an extra six inches if he needed to and yeah the bullpen performed mightily today they were asked to cover the four last innings and they did a great job doing that so uh it's good to see that and I know you guys are out there. Like it's Detroit, it's Detroit, it's the Rangers, it's the Rangers. These are the teams you got to beat. Stack wins against them because this weekend wins are going to be tough versus the Houston Astros, guys. So you got a bunch of games, 162, and all all these games in the AL Central where these teams that you don't think are good, they've been losing those games except for the Tigers. So I don't care who they go against, win. And show yourself to be superior to this team because it's going to be 13 more games versus the Tigers, 11 more versus the Royals, like 15 more versus the Guardians, and like, what, 16, 17 more versus the Twins? We only played them like twice or three times. Played three
0: times, 19 games total
1: versus all those teams, so 16 left
0: uh, versus the Twins. But Lambert, Kelly, Lopez. Lambert threw 20 of 26 strikes. Maybe. Kelly threw 8 of 11 strikes. Lopez threw 14 of 18 strikes. To me, that kind of says, like, the White Sox knew their opponents. They knew that they could, you know, that they had the upper hand. And they went out and showed it. I mean, that's this is what I was hoping for from this series, that the White Sox knew that they're the best team in the division, they weren't afraid to go out and show it, and they've just gone out and produced, and the bullpen did a great job. I kind of think it's a a little microcosm of of this team's performance uh, in the past two games. Uh, You know, four innings, two hits allowed, and six Ks from Lambert, Kelly, and Lopez.
1: You saw at the end, uh, John the Scope's a pretty decent hitter. 97 on the black with Raylo Lopez, he couldn't touch it. He was just sitting there watching. It was a great game to watch for uh, Jonathan Scope. That's what you need out of these guys. They're filling it up. Like, all right, Detroit, hit it as far as you can, Jonathan Scope. Oh, no? Cool. Sit sit the bench. (laughs) And then there's two straight losses for you. Uh, Final things uh, pitching-wise
0: that I wanted to touch upon, Uh, just going to uh, Dylan Cease's. Final stuff. You mentioned the the slider was a little lackluster. Uh, miles per hour were, were up for him today uh, on the slider, about a full mile per hour. Uh, so he got less break on that pitch, about three less inches on his vertical break, about four less inches on his horizontal break. So he wasn't as sharp, or at least as as disgusting as he usually was, but at least effective. And uh, these are where his balls in play were placed. You know, good locations for the most part. Uh, missing up a little bit with a changeup, but you know, keeping. Fast Fastball is high and keeping sliders low in a way. There's not really any bad hits on that, that mark, maybe outside of that changeup high in the zone. But average exit velocity for Dylan Cease today, 90. So it wasn't really killing him today. 14 balls in play, 90 average exit velocity. Some weak content uh, for, for Dylan Cease. So, you know, seven hits, ugly. Uh, you know, 10 hits for Lance Lynn yesterday, ugly, but uh, still good enough to get the job done.
2: Yeah, oh, you, the Tigers weren't killing it. You're, you're kidding me. That's, <laughs> that's shocking to hear. We no, still
0: got to I mean, talk about it. So yeah. I mean, no, they weren't killing it. Victor Reyes was. He had four hard hit balls, but Good job, that's Victor.
2: it. Victor, <laughs> big big night for Victor.
1: Uh, <laughs> He's no, looking Herb, around at the rest of his team like, hey man, now, look at this.
2: Y'all, come on now. <laughs> you think he goes in the dugout, pulls up the exit Velo yeah. on the phone? What's he um, No, Herb, you mentioned it. I mean, it, it doesn't matter who they're who they're beating right now. They just need to beat somebody, mm-hmm. uh, and because. They've put themselves in a position where their record is not where they want it to be. Fortunately, they're not in a position where they're a million miles back of the, of the team in front of them. So, best way to uh, fix fix all this? Win. Yes. And, win. And, and they've and, uh, done that two games in a row. You know, you gotta you got to give yourself a chance at the end of the year to get where you want to get to because you never know what happens at the end of the year. We saw with Atlanta you know, just last season, catching fire is very much possible in order to to produce a championship. You want to look championship calendar, caliber from start to finish. doesn't always play out that way. As long as you're championship caliber on the last day of October, that's what matters. Uh, the White Sox need to just win games. They need to pass Minnesota. They need to get into the dance in order to give themselves a chance to do what they wanted to do. They're far away from it right now, and so the best way to do that is just rack
0: up them wins well and it's interesting too that you mentioned the Braves um Josh Nelson of Sox Machine mentioned you know comparing the Sox to the Braves is just difficult because that team what you know at their low point when they were below 500 like 30 and 31 last year had a run differential plus two the Sox you know before this series was minus 56 they're in a bigger hole they're right in a deeper hole Yeah. but what has been positive and what I like to see four run a plus four run differential on Monday plus four run differential today, you know, so far through the series, plus eight. It just feels like, you know, the easier the schedule to get gets, the, the more you'll, you'll win by bigger numbers. And it, it just feels like the socks, the ugliness might subside a little bit, I think. And, and I don't know if they'll get closer to that 2020 Braves mark. Uh, they won't be able to make the same acquisitions, but it just feels like that gap can close a little bit and they could start looking like the White Sox of old.
1: Yeah, and uh, I mean, Jock's not going to be available because he's up there <laughs> in San Francisco making a bad uh, fantasy football move, so he can get punched. But you know, there's a minor league, a minor deal that to be made. Those weren't huge deals by the Braves to get Eddie Rosario, Jock Peterson, and other players. Uh, Jorge, Jorge Soler. Mm-hmm. They weren't huge moves. They didn't take a lot of uh prospects to get that. So if the White Sox need to, I'm sure Rick Hahn, Kenny Williams, all the folks will get a player that will supplement the roster to get them to the next level. And I got to believe the players believe that they're better than they've played so far, so they're confident that when these teams come, like the Detroit Tigers and like the Kansas City Royals, they come and they play them, they know they're going to dominate them. The same thing with Cleveland. Yes, they have a couple bugaboos there with uh, Jose Ramirez and Josh Naylor, but after that, no, we're good. We're real good. I mean, Shane Bieber's good, but we can crush every pitcher you have in the rotation. Ugh. I don't care about Tristan McKenzie. Yeah, they can't hit I him. Don't I don't care about Savale. I don't care about none of him. those bumps. We can crush them. I don't know about McKenzie. We can crush him. He d- No, we can crush Tristan McKenzie. No. Hey, please act in Savale. I
0: can hear. I don't know about McKenzie. Uh, Wayne enough. mentioning Do mi- it. Minnesota. Quantrill? No, let's go. Quantrill too. <laughs> Wayne's mentioning Minnesota is losing 2 nothing right now, and Cleveland and Colorado are tied 3-3 but Cleveland has two runners on with no outs so we're still looking at the division Minnesota's 36 and 27 they got a three and a half game lead of second place Cleveland they're three and a half back White Sox five and a half back so be nice for them to make up some ground and hey if they win tomorrow White Sox will be 30 and 31 ever so close uh to 50 50 or uh, yeah 500 uh, on the year uh let's move into some offense here uh let's get the good out of the way first Pollock, Vaughn, Robert, Rayu, kind of Moncada, but the top four continue to hit. Pollock has two hits. He had a double today. Vaughn, four for four with a walk. Luis Robert, two for four after uh, we had some stats showing how rough he's been. Uh, He had a real nice night tonight. And Jose Abreu, uh, one for four with a walk. Uh, Consistency again at the top of the lineup. Fifth straight game with Pollock, Vaughn, Robert, and Abreu at the top four.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's very much chicken or egg right now when when you bring up that consistency of the lineup, right? Because... Yeah, the lineup's consistent, but yeah, they're finally doing something to deserve that consistency. Uh, I, I, I don't think, you know, Tony had to be, uh, you know, held back from from playing match game, uh, you know, with the uh, lineup. <laughs> I, I think he noticed that he's got some guys who are finally scoring some runs, finally hitting the ball, finally getting on base. And he says, all right, let's roll that out there. Because as I mentioned the other day, he was asked, would you like some consistency in the lineups? And he said, Yeah give me the give me the guys to work with here and we can and we can make it happen. Uh so that's what you're seeing right now. And there's been a lot of questions about the lineup, uh, you know, in our chat today, what's going to happen when when TA comes back, when Aloy comes back. Great things. I mean, <laughs> listen, T.A. is going to go to the, into that top right. spot. I can tell you that much right now. I think you probably see Aloy Jimenez follow Jose Abreu bat batting fifth, but maybe it's AJ Pollock sixth. Um you know, I, I don't think you move Andrew Vaughn right no, now. Sir. Andrew Vaughn's oh, sir. been fantastic. Here's a thought. Maybe Andrew, maybe it goes T.A., Pollock, Vaughn, Abreu, Robert.
0: Moving Robert down to fifth is uh, interesting. I mean, uh, we know T.A., we can slot in T.A. at one. Uh, Abreu's been batting mostly four, so I think we can keep him there. Uh, you'd go Vaughn, Pollock, Robert, one, two, three, four, five. I, I don't hate
2: that, right? I mean, yeah. I, think, I think, let's put it this way, I think Vaughn has hit well enough to deserve to bat in that three spot. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, Robert's got the most potential probably, but putting him fifth is not terrible, yeah, right? Yeah. And then, I mean, or, or or Aloy, whoever's hitting better, you know, him or Aloy go in that RBI spot at five and then put the other guy sixth. I mean, I know you it, it'd be kind of silly to think of your guys' as preseason MVP candidate as the sixth hitter on this team. He's, he's earned it. Bud. But, I mean, I, I see it more as a... Andrew Vaughn looks
0: damn good versus anything Luis Roberts not doing. Yeah, I mean, J.J. says Luis needs to be better uh, to be top four, and you look at, you know, the hard hits from the White Sox, four from A.J. Pollock, two from Andrew Vaughn, two from Luis Robert, uh, two from Jose Abreu. They led the team one through four, so, you know, it's nice to see your best hitters at the top of the lineup getting the most amount of at-bats. But A.J. Pollock, I mean, it's tough to move him down because he's red hot right now. So, I mean, I I wouldn't move him, you know, below Robert, I think.
1: I mean, yeah. I mean, think about when everybody's back and you have Yasmani and we haven't talked about him. Well, we haven't talked about I Mankata. Feel like... Was Mankata going to be eighth or ninth? Well, well, well I, mean, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, he's, 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 right he's now, earned fight. the fuck out of eighth or ninth. He's earned the hell out of that. But like that that in my mind is Who, like it's blowing it. I'm like, Mankata's eighth hitter. But he could be the second leadoff hitter like Tony likes. Who's
0: ever playing second base is batting ninth, in my opinion. Whether it's Mendick, whether it's Harrison, whether it's Garcia, just bat him ninth. Uh, That's fine with me.
1: Feels good. Like, those are great problems to have. Right. Like, we're just thinking, like, man, these guys, the economy, so many good hitters. Like, we know T.A.'s there, and we know Abreu is four, but all the rest is, like, just good. It's a good problem to have, finally.
2: I'll say this about Pollock, too. Remember where Pollock just spent the last few years playing for right. for a Dodger team where everybody 1 through 9 is good everybody 1 through 9 plays all over the place Pollock's probably got some lineup versatility, which we've talked about before. Guys like Moncada have lineup versatility, you know what I mean? You can put them in a lot of different places, and they look right there, you know? I think the same probably goes for Pollock, and that's that's a positive quality. I mean, it's not, it's not about taking away what he's earned. It's about him also being able to go down to a different spot and still continue what he's doing.
0: Yeah, uh, Pollock, most plate appearances came 6th uh, or 7th. For the Dodgers in 2020 and 2021 so him hitting that low wouldn't be too new to him but my my question is and Matthew Cortese saying maybe T.A. ninth is the second leadoff hitter no how about <laughs>
2: T.A. bats first
0: and ninth yeah that, that'd be great uh that's the one thing Just you know put a mustache I, on him or something
1: like that it's like <laughs> I'm Lurie
0: Garcia funny, funny nose and glasses <laughs> uh we, we know he's not Lurie well I mean they both swing at the first pitch a lot so I mean <laughs> may, maybe we would be able to disguise T.A. as Lurie um but I do feel like it's a little bit of uh, jumping uh, to conclusions, or at least jumping ahead, saying oh when Aloy's back and when Yasmani's back, just because we don't know when that is. Aloy hasn't started sure. his second rehab. Uh, Yasmani's still working back. I mean, it feels like Yasmani could have these ten days, go work out, feel better. Maybe he'd go to Charlotte, but it, it could feel like maybe if he has a good ten days, he could just come off the IL, doesn't need to do a rehab stint, and he, he's, he's just back in Chicago. So I would say that at least going at it, TA is going to be back the soonest. I would go T.A., Vaughn, Abreu, Robert Pollock, and then Mancata fill in the rest after. Okay. Sure. I, I that, <laughs> hey, that works for <laughs> me. Hell, that works for <laughs> me. I guess that's, uh, you know, uh, what's it called? Uh, embarrassment of riches uh, there for the Sox. It's what we
1: envisioned this team to be. It's finally, it's kind of showing up. And like you've said a, a lot of times, they haven't had their core six players together. Like what? Ten times, yeah. This year, at all,
0: but right? I don't think this year they've had, yeah, uh Anderson, Robert, Abreu, Grandal, Moncada, and. Was Aloy. Aloy. Yeah, I don't think that yeah. those six have been on the, the roster at the same time, or at least once, and, and that's why they showed that stat on NBC Sports Chicago, and then someone got injured, probably Alloy, uh, and then that ruined uh, the whole streak. Uh, it, it's difficult, but again, the White Sox have the easiest schedule. They're in the AL Central, and you can see what happens when they play AL Central. Usually, uh, the result is good. The result is always good, though, when you take... Owen. Uh, I have to tell you about Owen. Owen stands for only what you need. Owen is 100% plant-based protein shake that gives you nutrition that works as hard as you do. All of their products are free of artificial ingredients. They're allergen friendly. There's no gluten or dairy, and they're easily digestible. I uh, you know pounded one the first time they sent in the samples and they're 170 calories and, and they fill me up like a snack. It does say like this is a snack. Well, probably because you of the pounded pot. it more well, than likely. Well, you know, it, it filled me up for a good three hours. So uh, if I did work out before then, uh, I think it would have been a perfect uh, you know post-workout snack. So if you're looking to add and boost your workout routine i would definitely suggest checking out owen i'm not a huge plant guy but they have chocolate vanilla salted caramel and strawberry banana and none of them taste like plants uh they're very very good, good tasting uh and they are good for you and i first heard about Owen. you know from- that a
2: lot of the the that some of the fruits you just described are plants strawberry is strawberry's plant
1: really? banana
0: banana's a plant
1: Vinny, you just blew his mind. I, saw I really did. Kind of space. Yeah,
0: maybe I am a plant guy. Maybe you're a maybe <laughs> you didn't even know. Maybe you're a plant guy, you didn't know. even know it. <laughs> uh, I'm a Jimmy plant guy or a uh, Robert plant. I was Robert gonna say plant, yeah. mix of the two Theoretically, guys. Theoretically,
1: chocolate is a plant. Sure, mm-hmm. the cacao yeah.
0: plant. Mm-hmm. And I first heard about the cacao plant, (laughs) and I first heard about Owen from Chicago Bears quarterback Justin Fields, who follows a plant-based diet. Owen and CHGO have partnered up to give you an awesome offer. You can get 20% off your first purchase at liveowen.com. That's I-L-V-E-O-W-Y-N.com. And with the code CHGO20, you can get 20% off your first purchase. Join me and Justin Fields and try Owen only what you need, and we got to talk about CHGO. You get your podcasts free, you get your live shows free from us each and every day for your team, whether it's Bears, Blackhawks, Sox, Cubs, Bulls. Here, five days a week for you. We're giving you pregame shows and postgame shows. We got a pregame show for you tomorrow, starting at 11 30. We'll be previewing Vince Velasquez versus Alex Fario, uh, the closer for the, uh, I guess, the bump. What's it called? The rubber
1: match? No, it no, uh, well, I mean they, or know the for speed. the sweet sweep. Going for the sweep, so we'll preview the
0: White Sox going for the sweep tomorrow at 11:30. Vinny, Herb, and I will be here on the CHGO YouTube channel live at 11:30. And if you're looking for premium written content, you can go to allchgo.com. You can become a member. We got a new brand new article from that guy over there, Vinny Duber, talking about the and pontificating about the injury situation for the White Sox right now. and Kind of talks about the you know the give and the take. Ah, oh, well, there goes Liam Hendricks. Ah, oh, here comes Joe Kelly. Vinny sums that up for you at allchgo.com and not only do you get that premium written content uh, when you become a member at all chgo you also get a free shirt when you sign up we have dope merch for you to select at our chgo locker and you get access into our members only discord uh, discord we call it the chgo lounge where fans listeners are asking us questions. We got a mailbag on Thursday and we're going to have a whole segment provided by questions from people in the CHGO lounge. So if you're looking to become a member, go to allchgo.com. You'll get premium written content, a free shirt when you become a member and access to our members only discord. All right. The other
1: An LP tube, how do you get a sticker is becoming a member and you get a shirt like this. I have on right now, the uh, brawler socks shirt. So Oh. Become a member. You can get a CHEO sticker like Sean has on his uh, laptop right now.
0: <laughs> and we, uh, we, I don't think we give out this one yet. We do. Yet. I you got do? that one too, yeah. Okay, but I don't know if we just got them because we're special. Okay. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if we're selling stickers yet, but I, I know that uh, X sells them. I know DNVR sells them. So hopefully you'll be able to get a sticker. Uh, but we'll try to figure that out for you, uh, the LP tube. Uh, but let's go to. What? Why does Kevin say, man, play him? Oh, I thought that's saying, you're play T.A. I, I thought T. T. I was saying, play T.A. you You've
2: been doing ad reads for so long, you couldn't even pay attention to the big How? Danny Mendick conversation that's going <laughs> on in That chat was, right hey,
0: <laughs> you're saying Danny Mendick. That's your click to pick.
2: That wasn't, yeah, it didn't work, did it? He got <laughs> <He gets, he laughs> one today? for four
1: with another run scored. That's yeah. that's plenty it was from the was nine.
0: He He had a hard hit in that nine fine. spot. So, um, But the one guy that came through, but, you know, people are still asking him, you know, move him down to eight, move him down to nine. Yoan Moncada, let's talk a little bit about Yoan Moncada. Moncada did have three batted balls today. Uh, he had a double as well. That drove in a run. Uh, ball, batted ball of 96.6 off the bat, 86.5. That was the double and 91.1. Herb, I know you had some frustrating moments watching Yoan Moncada today. Uh, how'd you sum it up? Because he did have the double, but he also had some
1: points where you were screaming at the TV the walk was good. We saw him work a count, get the 3-1, and get the walk. Good. The hit where he dropped the head of the bat down on a tough splitter, awesome to see that double. That's old school Yoan Mankata. But this is 2-0 count. He's batting right-handed. I think it's Gregory Soto pitching uh, closer for the Detroit Tigers. You worked yourself into a 2-0 count. You worked yourself into an advantageous spot for yourself. Just sits there and takes a 95-mile-per-hour middle-middle fastball. Okay, cool. You were just waiting for a better pitch. Cool. 2-1, same pitch comes across, looks at it again. What's going on? What the hell is going on? What's the thought process there? What What are you looking for? If you're not looking for a fastball and a hitter's count, I don't know what you're doing. So he's just lost right now. I don't know what has to be done to, for him to be found, but you're seeing little glimpses. Where he starts to walk, where he's seeing the ball a little better, and then when he dropped the head of the bat to get the double and driving a run, but then you also get that where he's just looking at balls down the middle. It was the ninth inning, and they had a four-run lead, so you could say you know he's you know just looking forward to playing defense, and the game is cashed. Detroit doesn't have anything for us, but. You play like a champion all the time because you are a champion. You should be able to crush that pitch by Gregory. So to at least offer at it, so many times he's just letting balls just go right down the middle. And then he took the third strike of that pitch where he had a 2-0 count and just looked at it. And I was like, what are we doing, yoan Mankata? Get out of your own head. Somebody, I don't know if they have a sports psychologist. I'm they sure do. they do. And I'm sure he's talking to him And he's working this through. And I know it's not, you know. Hey, I talked to this person. Now nah, I'm good. Right. It'll eventually come cuz I can't believe that Yormankas is a 140 hitter. He's not. He's not at all, but it's just frustrating to see him some of these at bats and then where we're talking about Uluri yesterday. He had a good game today where he drove in and sacrificed fly for Luis Robert uh, after he, you know, swung at the first pitch there. But you see Yoamankata the bat before, the guy's kind of wild. He walks a guy on 5 pitches. Lurie comes up first pitch grounds out I mean what are we doing what's the process there Lurie he did it I well, think he did it like three or four times today we're well, just swings at the first pitch allow this pitcher to give you what he's gonna give you and allow yourself to get into a better count than just oh oh and how many times have we seen that with Luis Robert today was a little bit better for him but we're seeing this with Yoan and uh, Lurie, and if you're going to play Lurie, you got to play right. Well, Lurie was
0: difficult. Uh, he had a, an opportunity with the base loaded in the first inning, and he struck out on three pitches, which was tough to see. But I, I like his aggression. You know, I mean, the the quote after him where I think he led off the game, and he was just like, oh, I, f- I, I feel like shit up there. Like, I I feel lost. It feels like he's a little bit more aggressive. feels like he has some punch to his bat. So, I'm not too worried about Leary, but another game where Josh Harrison doesn't play uh, as well. I find uh, that to be a little bit interesting. But Mancada, I think part of it is aggression. You know, kind of you think you can pull a page from the Leary Garcia book uh, because this year in 2022, uh, swinging at the first pitch, he's three for seven. Uh, he's got a 429 batting average, a slugging percentage of 1,000. Uh, his exit velocity is 92, which is above his av- average exit velocity on the year. And his launch angle is about 8.5, so a lot of line drives for Moncada on the first pitch. I just wonder when he, you know, why he's changing his approach, because it felt very early on uh, when he came back from his injury that he was being more aggressive in the count, and I just went through the numbers. The last time he swung at a first pitch— was today. Uh, he struck, uh, he struck and, and swung and miss at a slider from Drew Hutchison in the third inning. But before that, it was June 11. His last hit on the first pitch was June 3rd. And it's a lot of called strikes. It's a lot of balls. It's a lot of foul balls. Um, it's a lot of, you know, missed opportunities in that first pitch. And I just wonder, you know, you, you, have the frustration where he gets late into counts Herb, but I think maybe aggression is part of where Moncada can turn this thing around. Certainly it's happened before, right? And, and if you go back to that horrendous 2018
2: season that he had, the key that he said to turning things around and having a tremendous 2019 season was being more aggressive. And and listen, it, it, it really did not take a uh, you know, a, a an astute baseball mind if I was out there noticing what was going on. You know, 2018, he was he was convinced, and and again, this is a skill he has. But he was convinced I have a mastery of the strike zone. I'm going to be able to take 150 <laughs> walks because I'm so good at this. And he's watching strikes go by, you know, clipping the strike zone, stuff like that. Just you're good at hitting. Just swing, and and you'll get hits. And he figured that out in 2019. He very much looks like that again at times, and I'll I'll, I'll tell something again. I'll. I'll repeat something that I've repeated before from from Tony LaRusa who you know you credit that quote to Tony La Russa, and everybody half the people are gonna turn their ears off but mm-hmm. he, he's been saying when it comes to being patient or being aggressive you can't just you can't just watch a strike go down the middle you know if you're trying to be patient you can't just watch strike one go right down the middle because then you're at a disadvantage mm-hmm. so being being aggressive sometimes is a way of being patient in some sort of you know, it's the way of finding the balance between the two, and Yuan Moncada perhaps swinging at strikes when they come down the pipe, no matter what pitch they are, would be beneficial to him in getting some more hits and getting out of this funk.
0: Right, and I think that the ability to draw walks is there, but I also don't think that when he gets to a three-count... Uh, 3-2 count, especially right now. I mean, we saw that with Soto. I don't think people are afraid to throw it in the zone against him. And I think that part of that aggression, too, can help him on 3-2 counts. Um, And just looking at some of the other stats, uh, I have this made up as well. Uh, Looking at pitches faster than 94 miles per hour, I want to give a shout-out to Josh Nelson because he posted this today, kind of alluding to some of the uh, struggles he's had. In 2022 versus velocity, and I've just expanded that from 2020 uh, to 2022, going to the COVID issues he's dealt with, and then he was dealing with uh, some injury issues and some more, you know, re- regaining strength from COVID in 2021, and he's coming off some injuries in 2022. Uh, in 2019. Exit velocity on uh, pitches 94 miles per hour faster. Uh, His exit velocity was 94 miles per hour, almost a hard hit. Uh, His launch angle was around 6.6, so that's a lot of line drives. Expected slugging, 591. Batting average of 314. Mm. Real nice. 2020 to 2022, that's... All of those games in that span, 91 average exit velocity, 12.7 long angle, which isn't bad, but a lot of more fly, uh, fly balls in that case. Expected sledging of 380 and a batting average of 223. Mancata is best when he is putting hard, hard contact on the ball. We've seen that, you know, in 2019 uh, when his his. Uh, The batting average on balls in play was super high. A lot of that was due to the hard contact. The hard contacts down this year's at 23.1%, where in 2019 it was at 30.9%. So a lot of it is just making that good contact, and I think part of that is being a little bit more aggressive uh, on the first pitch. We'll see if that turns around, but you had a hard hit today.
1: And like we're talking about with Luis Robert, pitchers know that Luis Robert's going to swing at the first pitch no matter where it's at for the most part. And the opposite can be true about Yoan Moncada. Okay, he's going to be laid back. He's going to be patient. So I can throw a fastball middle-middle on the first pitch versus him as opposed to Luis because I know Luis is going to try to crush that ball. So ambush him every once in a while. You saw that happen last year with uh, uh, Yosmani Grandal where he kind of ambushed the pitchers after he came back from that in- injury and it led to 23 home runs on the year and a great offensive year for Yasmani Grandal, where they saw him as a guy who was patient, but then he was like, okay, cool. You think I'm just going to take this first pitch? Crushed over the fence. That's what Yoan Mankato, because we know he has the talent to do it, and the power, more, more, uh, more importantly, to crush these pitches, and to have these exit velocities, as you're talking about, almost a hard hit every time, over 95-mile-per-hour pitches. So he's... Got that. And you said earlier in this year when he first came back with the two home runs he hit in the first week, he seemed more aggressive. He seemed like he was the guy that was going to be picking it up from 2019 instead of the guy who regressed back to 2018, where he was the worst pitcher in baseball.
2: Worst pitcher in baseball. Oh, no, that was,
1: sorry, that was Lucas Giolito. My bad. Worst pitcher in
0: baseball. Worst hitter in baseball. Uh, more on Yon Mancada. Uh, this is from James Fegan on Saturday. Uh, Mancada said he had no lingering quad discomfort, which is important to him. Trying to find your rhythm and keeping your rhythm is very complicated because you're trying to do your best, but trying to be cautious with your effort. You don't want the injury to get worse. So, I mean, there is something in his head that, hey, maybe I want to protect myself from re-injuring myself, uh, taking myself out. And that's important, too, just because he played the second most games last year for the White Sox. So, I mean, being on the field is important to him. Uh, and we see how important his defense is as well, just because mm-hmm. he's, he's an upgrade over Jake Berger. Uh, you know, the, the bat might not be, but uh, at least his defense uh, has been consistent over the past couple of years. All right, let's preview the sweep. We talked about this. Vinny asked, you know, was Boston the only sweep the White Sox have had? Uh, it is. game. Only three game sweep. Yeah, only three game sweep. They They swept
2: the Cubs at Wrigley
0: Field. Is that a sweep? They won Ooh, every game of the series. That was yeah. a schedule. It's a dusting, a light dusting. dusting. <laughs> yeah. Like I mean, four game sweep, that feels a sweep feels a little bit too much. That's like a deep clean, right? So four game sweep, that's a deep clean. Three game, that's a sweep. Two is I a dusting. I would say
2: four game sweep four game sweep's a vacuuming. <laughs> Five game sweep is a, is like the like a Stanley Steamer yeah. type situation. Professional cleaning. Yeah, professional cleaning. Um, All the dirt out. Yeah. We
0: have Vince Velasquez versus Alex Fario Um, on the bump for the Tigers. Uh, What's the expectation for Vince Velasquez coming off the I.L.? I think we last saw him in Tampa.
1: I mean, if you've seen the first two guys pitch, he knows to fill up the ball, fill up the strike zone tomorrow. Go ahead, hit it, Detroit. If you can hit it over my guy's head, cool, that's all you. But... For the most part, do not give these guys extra ba- bases because they're not a good hitting team. You saw them, you know, not really hit the ball hard. You got hits off of uh, Dylan Cease, got hits off of Lance Lynn, but nothing was like, okay, these Tigers are out here working, working. This is a this is a thing out here that we're going to be in trouble with. Go and have the game you had Uh, the six innings pitched uh, versus the Yankees. Go and do that. I don't know that's a little bit much to ask for Vince Velasquez, but he's done it before versus better quality opponents than what he's going to face tomorrow. I don't know what to expect from Fadio at all. I've never heard of this guy except for your pronunciation pronunciation of his name.
0: Well, so I don't know if it, I could be screwing up the pronunciation. I love so it. It's, keep it. The pronunciation is F-I-E-A-D-O. F-I-A-D-O. 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 Yeah. It's Alex Fai-A-D-O. F-I-A-D-O. We just I the. It. What's with the accent? Uh, yeah, but it's <laughs> Italian. Come on. He's from Florida. Right. Isn't that what they sound yeah, like down there? Yeah. Alex Fadio. Yeah, that's, that's the that's
2: famous Floridian accent. Yeah. Uh,
0: 292 ERA for Alex Fadio. Uh, 37 innings pitched. Uh, 28 strikeouts, so not a big strikeout guy, but he is a right-hander. Uh, we have seen two right-handers uh, from Detroit so far. In uh, It was Ronnie uh, Garcia and uh, uh, Hutchinson today. Uh, I don't know if we're expecting anything, but so far so good versus right-handed pitchers. and He's not a big strikeout guy. So uh, low ERA, but I think the White Sox could get to Fadio. Hey, look at this. Steven, making up the the starting pitching graphic for tomorrow already. Uh, look at it's that an early so, game. So Stephen, early like,
1: day I'm tomorrow. A-
2: I'm like I'm not a morning person. <laughs> I'm gonna get done now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you,
0: ESPN. Steve uh, Vince Velasquez last pitched on May 24th, uh, 35 and two thirds innings pitched this year. Got a similar look. 5.30 ERA. Yeah, they kind of do. Well, yeah. I mean, Fadio looks like he's got a little bit more on the, the chin, like a little bit more uh, hair there, but yeah. They're both
1: it's- Matt Garza look-alikes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Velasquez with a 530 ERA, 36 hits allowed, three, 33 Ks, 14 walks, 75 ERA plus. Fadio, ERA plus of 132, but as you can see, uh, 37 innings pits, 28 Ks. Uh, I feel like the White Sox should be able to at least uh, – Put some runs up tomorrow, but we'll preview that at 11.30 a.m. tomorrow. Make sure you're subscribed to the CHGO Sports YouTube channel so you make sure you're here when we go live at 11.30 a.m. to preview the White Sox versus Tigers. Hopefully the Sox can complete their second two-game or three-game sweep uh, this year. Last one was against Boston in Boston, but that's going to do it for the CHGO White Sox post-game show. White Sox win 5-1. For Vinny Duber, you can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's the CHGO White Sox beat reporter, writer, scribe. Follow Herb Lawrence on Twitter at Ecknerwall 23 And you can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. You can follow the show on Twitter at CHGO underscore White Sox. Again, we'll be live at 11.30 a.m. tomorrow here on the CHGO White Sox, or CHGO Sports YouTube channel. And uh, shout-out to ESPN Steve for uh, his production today. Uh, That'll do it for us. Shout-out to Fleetwood Mac for their 1979 album Tusk. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Go White Sox.